If you currently find yourself in a place in life where you are frustrated because something that you are making isn't getting the respect or recognition that you feel it deserves, maybe you yourself feel like you're frustrated because the value of what you bring to the table, you feel like other people aren't valuing that to the extent of what it really is truly, that thing you see in yourself that you have to offer. Back in the day when I found myself in those situations, I was really quick to jump straight into thinking about questioning myself and the thing I was producing. Maybe it's something with me. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I am. Okay, let's just get real for a second here. In the dry spells of my musical career, the invasive thought that kept me feeling like I was circling the drain was, well, maybe I am not as good as I thought I was. Maybe me as a bass player, maybe I thought I had something to offer, but other people don't feel the same way about me. Maybe it's a me problem. Maybe it's the thing I'm making. I don't know. What is it? What's the problem? So much of my creative journey changed when I realized that I actually didn't have a me problem. What I had was a context problem. Hey friends. <laughs> oh geez. I feel like that 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 hello was just a, was a little bit too much for me. It's early in the morning. I'm in my studio. I'm recording this on a Tuesday. I got my coffee here with me. Apparently that's how I drink now. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I kind of want to do that. Um Next time I'm a, I'm grabbing coffee with a friend of mine. <laughs> just every freaking sip. Uh, like how long would that take for laughing about it to turn into someone going, okay, but but seriously, I need you to knock that off. Uh, okay, I digress. Hey, have I ever told you my theory of contextual meeting. Plain and simple, as I started having this awareness when I started going on tour and playing bigger shows and rubbing shoulders with artists and musicians that we would consider celebrities or more famous in the zeitgeist. And all of this thought is, I, I started realizing that where and how you meet someone defines the relationship. Okay, this is off. I've never, let's take my favorite bass player, Adam Clayton is one uh, from U2 is one of my favorite bass players. Okay. I'm stopping myself right now because I just instantly got insecure. Like I, am I losing other musicians? Am I losing your respect when you're listening to this? Do I, do I need to go back and backpedal and say, well, you know, okay. I love like, I, okay. I, maybe James Jamerson. That's the cooler thing to say. No, I've, no I'm not even going to do that. I'm not even going to go down that road. Adam Clayton's the man laying it down. I want to be a bass player that lays it. I want to, like when people ask me, this is a total freaking side tangent, but when people ask me like, what kind of bass do you play? Like what kind of music do you play? My new thing lately is I love playing bass underneath guitar solos. I The best seat in the house. Are you shitting me? I get to stand just to the left Okay, maybe, I mean, maybe clo- closely with that would maybe I'd say key solo if it's like my my buddy Andre Rodriguez. Okay, I like playing bass under Andre taking a key solo. That is really where I am just about most happiest in life. Adam Clayton just laying it down. Why am I doing this? Why am I explaining myself to you? Here's what it is. Say I met. <laughs> Jeez, I need more coffee. 
Uh, Adam, if I, okay, here's, here's what I was trying to say. I digress. If I met Adam Clayton within the context of he was walking down the street and I went up to him and I said, hi, I introduced myself or say I somehow was given a backstage pass to go backstage and meet you too. I go backstage and meet him. I am instantly like my hands are what my left hand is where I'm putting Adam Clayton. And that's like at my eye line. And then my right hand is lower, like at chest level, like Adam Clayton. Now we are off our, the energy of our meeting, the context of our meeting. He is up here. I am down here. I'm in the fan zone and he is up in the famous musician zone. I mean, I think this can also relate to like the friend zone. Uh, within relationships uh, and like dating relationships, but I'm instantly like, oh, nice to meet you. I'm such a big fan. No matter how cool I play it, no matter how chill I am, how like non uh, super fan boy, uh, can, I, can I have you sign my butt cheek? No, no matter if I like can rein that in and just be like, hey, man, I'm a, I'm a touring musician and I've really been inspired by your work. For the foreseeable future, we're going to just be that off-center. I'm going to be the fan. He's going to be the artist. But now say the context was changed and I met him because my band was opening up for you too. So now we have our green rooms are right next to each other and I pop over as someone that's on the bill and I start a conversation with them. Then we are on the same playing field. We are both musicians and that because of the context of that meeting, then it does, it, we, we're not, I'm not in the fanboy zone and I could uh, approach him as uh, almost an equal or a friend. I actually have had multiple of these interactions when I was touring with Al City. I mean, the most notable one for me was when we were playing in Fuji Rock in Japan. We were uh, opening for the Foo Fighters and Motorhead. And there was this huge just complex in the back with a bunch of green rooms and then catering was in the middle of it. So all the bands, no matter how small the band was or how big, they went to the center for catering. And it was because of that I'm in line scooping out buffet food right next to Taylor Hawkins, one of my favorite drummers. And, and so I started a conversation with him and like the same goes with like the Motorhead crew and Dave Grohl. Like, oh man, how you doing? How's the tour going? instantly it's just more relaxed and I'm just, we're, we're in this together. We're playing this show tonight. Now, later on in my life, I realized that this is actually the same, really similar when it comes to energy and how you are being perceived. This is actually really similar when it comes to the creative process and what you're putting out in the world. And I realized this when I heard something said by Virgil Abloh. He was an American fashion designer. He was an entrepreneur. For a while, he was the head of Louis Vuitton's menswear. He is a badass. And I want to share this clip with you of him. Now, in this, he's talking about design in the context of, in this uh, video that he's talking about, he's holding like this old crumpled candle and it looks like it's like a tin. You could almost view it like a, it almost looks like an old coffee can that's all dented and everything. And everything, who says that? It's all dented and kind of rough looking. It's maybe a little matted silver look to it. But in this, he talks about how the context of where this candle is defines the value other people would see in it. And now I know he's talking about design. He's talking about art galleries and that world. But I think one of the foundations of living a curious life is learning to learn metaphorically. And when I, when I saw this, I thought, holy shit, this is so much like the creative journey. Like the candle to the candle is me. The candle is you. 
If you find yourself in a situation right now in life where you feel like you are not being valued, there is a chance that you might have a context issue. Man, I know this shit can be so cheesy. Like, uh, show me your five best friends and I'll show you your future and what your future's gonna look like. No, but there's this stuff is real. Like who you're surrounding yourself in, what you're seen doing, how are you holding yourself? Maybe where you live right now, uh, maybe that like physical location needs to change. Maybe how you're presenting yourself, whether that's online or in shows or who you're playing shows with or who you're playing for, maybe where you are placing yourself in life is the thing that's holding you back. And I don't, I really, I don't, I, man, I've got so many more thoughts of coming to this, but I I really don't want to just like talk in circles and and ruminate this anymore because I want to leave space for you and your situation where you're at in life. But today, I want to share this with you in the hopes that maybe it'll get your creative juices flowing and thinking about yourself and your current context. This, like I'm designing this uh, candle, right? Or like the student or the classroom is this, like... If I put this candle in an all-white gallery space, it looks like a piece of art. If I put it on like in a garage, it looks like a piece of trash. You know, like someone would throw it throw it away. It's dented. And I think I often use this analogy in design. I could either design the candle and spend a lot of time like telling you about the candle or I could just design the room and, that it sits in. Rob Morgan is an internationally touring bassist on a journey to discover what it means to live a curious life. At thecuriouspod.com, you'll find an archive of conversations recorded all over the world, a map of recording locations, a weekly newsletter, and official podcast merchandise. Rob is recording a daily podcast where he's sharing insights into the creative journey and the secrets to living a curious life that he's discovered from over a decade of traveling the world with music. We here at Curious Endeavors have told him this is probably a mistake and he's an idiot to attempt it, but he won't budge, so that's where we're currently at. We hope you'll enjoy. 